episode of Bunny Lab. I'm your host, Matt Gelato Givanisi, and we have a very <laughs> special guest on the show instead of the normal episode I do with Andrew. Joining me is the co-founder of WanderingAimfully.com and the author of a very new book, which, depending on when you hear this, may or may not be new. It's called Own Your Weird, Jason Zook. Thank you, Mr. Thanks. Gelato. I appreciate it. Thank, yeah. Dude, you've never been on the, I've had this show for a year. You've never been on it. Right? Uh, no, I've never been on it. Um, I think it's because we spent so much time working together before this show <laughs> that you were like, I just am not interested. I'm we not did interested. a lot of podcast and recording and videos and we have a we lot. Really of, did. Actually, we met on. No, I don't know if we met this way, but we I think we might have on a podcast that I did a very long time ago. On I think that was the first time we interacted. Yeah. But then we met not. in person here because Caleb brought you and Thomas Frank um, to sushi and we had sushi. That was the first no, time we that met. Is, in, that is yeah. definitely not the first time we met. Yeah. That's, first of all, first of we, all, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> like a married couple. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who it was. It was Omar who introduced us oh. because you played basketball with Omar in yeah, San, yeah, yeah. when he lived in San Diego. And he yeah. was like, yo, you and Jason would get along. And then we had a Skype call that was just like, whatever. It was just like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Skype call. Like, we just yeah, set yeah, it up. Yeah, you're right. Omar. You're right. And then you're we, right. and I believe I stayed at your house with Steph. Steph and I came and stayed not at your house before, before. Not before sushi. Not before yeah. sushi. Yeah. No, no. Because no, I, because we, so we, I remember this. I remember this. Okay. I'm getting the timeline. So we lived at the baller house with the zip line and the water slide with Clay and Julia. That was, when yes. Omar introduced us, because that's when we played basketball. Yep, and I've group. never been to that house. Yeah, and then then we moved from there to Oceanside, which is where you and Steph came to visit. Yep. But that was after Caleb moved in next door. No, it wasn't. Oh, man, maybe you're right. I'll tell you why, because, <laughs> because I knew Caleb. Because Caleb, Caleb wasn't there. You mm. didn't know, you didn't know, you didn't know Caleb. Yeah, and yeah. then I and then you you had a mastermind with Caleb at one point, which you yeah. still didn't know him. And then yeah. both of you texted me way later and were like, uh, "Guess who just moved in next door?" <laughs> and I was like, That's "You're funny. right. You did get the timeline right. You're right. Yeah. My bad. I, I apologize. Yeah. I got I, I got the brain of an elephant. I never okay. All <laughs> right, cool. Right? And you love peanuts. And I do. I love peanuts. Yeah, we know. This I actually don't love peanuts. I don't know that joke doesn't make sense. I don't love peanuts. No. They're all right. They're fine. Are you a are you a Jif or a Skippy kid? Neither. Mm, I was a Peter Pan kid. Oh, as a kid, I think I had to be Jif. Okay, yeah, I, I was think a Peter I had Pan kid. Oh, dude, Reese's. Yeah, Remember when we Reese's were, had the yeah. peanut butter. My mom was like, "We're not doing this. No, not. <laughs> it doesn't have chocolate in it, Mom." Yeah, regular peanut butter, so much sugar. Reese's, yeah. you're not going to have that. That has too no. much sugar in it. Yeah, I do remember are, that existing. These are the very important topics everyone tune in to this episode. No, but this for. is what we do. We do we I have know, a, I, I have know. it written here. Light banter in in, in, <laughs> in brackets. Uh, they do. Yeah. But we're gonna we gotta talk about businessy things and not peanut butter and our our history. But um in this episode, we are actually gonna talk about owning your weird, which is the name of your book, or own yeah. your weird. Which we both do very well. Yep. And in running your on your online business. We're just yeah. gonna talk that's what we do here. So yeah. before we get started, this episode is brought to you by... 
Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like minded business owners in the members only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math, and Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over the shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. All right. So you like that? We're talking about owning your weird while running an online business. And you've experimented uh, with a lot of unique business models over the years. And you and I have worked together on a couple interesting projects. Um, And so do you remember the first thing we ever worked on? It's got to be get sponsorships. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, it was the, you are the reason money lab exists. Well, that's kind of fun. Well, I do remember, I remember you sent me an email that you were like, I need help with sponsorships. Is this course going to help me? And I, I was did. like, I was like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope so. It's been, you know, I've been doing it for years. Yeah. That's and you're what like, it's called idiot. Yeah. You're like, all right, well, I'm going to buy it. And then you bought it and yep. then you went through it and you're like, this was so helpful. Wasn't it closed? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I asked you, it. I asked you cause I, you were like, I was like, can I just, let me just give you money. And you were like, yeah, "Yeah, give me 420 bucks because I lived in Colorado. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And I I paid you and I, I I was in Denver at a, like a coffee shop, I guess. And I remember taking the whole course, just like sitting in the coffee shop and just writing notes. Yeah. And then I was using that to sell sponsorships on swim university. And then, so the course you had kind of like, it was closed and you had no plans to like reopen it or something or what was the Yeah. I just gotten tired of it. Like, like anything, I think when you spend, you know, years doing something and then you invest a whole bunch of time in it. And even if it bears fruit or doesn't bear fruit, you just get over it. You know, like Mm -hmm. I just, I was so bored of talking about sponsorships and, and unfortunately like the, the Matt Givanesis of the world who like buy a course, binge it, put yeah. things into practice, get results. You're a unicorn the in, rare, in like yeah. the online course world. Like people don't do that. They buy them, they look at some stuff and then like, eh, I'll look at this later. And then they never look at it again. Like that's just the state of that. And so I that's really so saw that. I know, I know. I really saw that with the sponsorships course. So I just got tired of it and I was like, I'm going to move on to other things. So I just closed it. And then if people would email me and really want it, I literally would make people just like you do. I'd be like, you just like, you have to give me a number that you're willing to pay for right. this. Cause I just am not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be let down by people buying it, not doing anything. Um, so yeah, that's how you ended up getting it. And it still works like to this yeah. day, people can still go through it. But yeah, once you went through it, landed some sponsorships for swim you, which is really fun to hear. Mm-hmm. Then I think we just started talking about like, you're like, Oh, this was really helpful. Like, should we do something with this? Could we open mm-hmm. this back up? Like I have some other thoughts. I have some things that have worked really well for me. And I think that's when we started, you know, kind of redoing it. Um, you rebranded everything, rebuilt the site for it. And then mm-hmm. like we just kind of 
basically played around with it because it, it didn't exist and wasn't up. Yeah, because you were selling it through jasondoesstuff.com yeah. at the time. Yep. And we were like, let's just make this its own entity and its own yep. website and see if it can just exist on its own. But you so so I guess, you know, uh, you know, usually when I talk to people, uh, I don't really have to go into a background, but I feel like your background is a must <laughs> to go into, especially because that's kind of like it is what your book your well, your your first book creativity for sale yeah. which i read in its entirety um really goes into the specifically i believe i wear your shirt days yeah right yeah. it goes a little yeah. bit into no it goes into the uh your last name stuff right it's the first yeah i wrote the book in 2013 which was after i had sold my last name for the first time so it was mm-hmm. like the the before the i wear your shirt story and then like the first last name sale um, and the book and the meta-ness of the book itself. And the meta-ness of the book itself, yeah. Which is sponsorship-based. So yeah. So to kind of explain, I guess, why do you, why you have a course called Get Sponsorships or what was originally called uh, Just how, how to, to Get, get sponsorships, sponsorships for Anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. See? Uh, Elephant. Yeah. I'll give you <laughs> peanuts. Uh, yeah, I'll give you the quick rundown. So yeah. uh, I left the 9 to 5 world in two thousand six to start a design company with a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we called it a design boutique. It was two of us. Obviously, it was fancy. And we worked worked up a client roster from zero to quarter of a million dollars a year in client revenue in a year and a half. And my job was pretty much just marketing and like client relations. That's all and I did. Cause sales? I, yeah. And and it, like sales is even hard to say because I feel like sales is going out and actually selling something. Yeah. All I did was just answer emails. Like I sure. didn't even do out, outbound stuff. We just had known enough people. And truthfully, my co-founder at the time was such a good designer and still is mm-hmm. that we would just get work based on his portfolio. Like he just was right. so talented. Exactly, um, yeah. yeah. So I did that. But I kind of had this itch the entire time of like doing my own thing and kind of feeling my own like, oh, I put all this work in and like I see all the benefit of it. You're, so, you want to soil your own oats. I wanted to oat, have some oats, and I wanted to soil them for some yeah. reason. <laughs> I don't know uh, why that's a thing, but yeah. Yeah. So this is 2007, and I was I was having these client conversations. You know, we had like less than 10 clients, but multiple of them were asking me about Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, which I knew nothing about. In 2007, most of us knew yeah, nothing that was about. The, that was the start. Yeah. And, and so I started looking into these platforms, and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, there's a lot of people on here talking about taking showers, eating sandwiches, like just normal life stuff. Mm-hmm. But there really wasn't any brand presence on any of those things. And I was like, this could be kind of interesting if like someone was in between brands and people sitting here talking about normal life stuff, just like there exists in like all other forms of media. Right. Um, and this is obviously a no brainer nowadays because we live in the time of Instagram influencers, YouTubers, kids making yeah. millions from Fortnite. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like what <laughs> people do now. Ridiculous. But, uh, but yeah, I just kind of all these things cobbled together into this idea for getting paid to wear t-shirts for a living on this business called I wear your shirt. And that was my first thing where I had seen all of the ideas in the past, like the million dollar homepage and stuff like that, where I was like, man, right. you like, what a crazy idea. You can do that. Like, how can you get paid for that? Kind and I made one of those things up only to realize, you know, a couple years into doing that, I did I wear your shirt for five years. It went from myself the first year, two people the second year, five people the third year. And I really got stuck in the Silicon Valley mindset of like, got to scale, got to have employees, got to have more customers, got to make more money, like need to get funding, need to do all this stuff, only to find myself at the end of it so burnt out, 
like I filmed almost 900 daily YouTube videos from 2009, January 1st, 2009, almost for three years, essentially, and didn't take a break for a single day. Now, most of those videos are garbage. <laughs> They're just terrible. Yeah. But I still did it every single day. I also yeah. hosted a live video show. So, And you, you were know, editing really, these too? Like you were like oh, yeah. doing the soup to nuts? Yeah, production? everything. Yeah, mm. flip cam, flip cam filming. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, just like throwing in an iMovie, doing the best I could, adding some, yep. you know, transitions and whatnot. But then uh -huh. also having a live video show, answering emails about marketing and sales, dealing with all of the customers and like everything that went on. I was doing everything, every yeah. single thing. Uh, so that was really how I kind of cut my teeth or soiled my oats when it comes to sponsorships. And that ended up being about 1,600 brands that I worked with over the course of five years. 1,600 brands that I worked with over that time. Um, part of the part of what I want to explore in this episode is to talk about business models because I feel like you've explored every single every one of them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's I think there's a finite amount, but you've done them all. Besides yeah. maybe like uh, start a retail store, maybe unless you've done that. Yeah, I have no, idea. no, I haven't. I've thought about it, but I haven't. Yeah, done so it far, yet. yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost did it. Yeah, it's a lot um, of work. And yeah. you got to be there for it, or you have to have people that you manage. Like, that's the thing I learned by the end of I Wear Your Shirt. One of my superpowers is not managing people. So it's just not something I'm good at. Like, I just, I put, I care too much about the things that I make, and no one will ever care about them as much as I do. And sure. it's too much pressure. Too much pressure for what? For for me to, like, put on those people. Like, I have too uh, high of expectations for them. I expect them to care too much about it. And when they don't, I just get let down and then I just think it ruins the entire experience for me. Right. Um, <laughs> that's, so your superpower is not being good at managing. It's not being a good manager. <laughs> Never wanted to fix that? Have you ever uh, thought about fixing it? I have, especially like where we are now, like, you know, a couple of years later, there are definitely some um, holes in the different businesses that I run that could be filled better by other people. Yeah. But I just don't fill them because I'm not, I just think I'm not quite ready yet. And I also haven't found people that I feel would be a good fit, which is my own probably not looking hard enough or not trying hard enough. It's just or like not, or, not, or being, I mean, it is, the, it is the curse of being a perfectionist and being totally. like, and caring too much. Cause like certainly for years when I was starting stream university, I'm like, no one can write pool yeah. articles the way yeah. that I do it. I'm like, I'm not special. Right. Yeah. It's like I, and I found somebody and I was like, Oh, how did you, how do you know about pools? Like I Google, I Google Googled it. it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So no, and it's just, yeah, yeah. Like a perfect example is the customer service for Tea Tree, a course platform that I own, and mm -hmm. I've been doing that since the day Tea Tree started in 2014, and we're now five years later, and I'm still the one who answers all the customer support emails, and it's because a, I don't mind doing it, like I sure. don't hate it, and b people really like hearing from the founder of the company. Like that's a rare yeah. thing these days. Yeah. And that's good and bad that I'm spending time doing it. But then see, it's also like I, I, the amount of time it would take for me to train someone to be mm -hmm. as proficient in tea tree as I am and to know how to answer things. And then also just be good at talking to other humans. It's yeah. a lot of time that I'm just, I just don't feel like investing right now to, to do that, to manage someone. Right. So, um, you, so what we didn't talk about was the, business model of I wear your shirt, which is, yeah, yeah. which make, which stresses me out to hear. <laughs> okay. So but I know it, what it is, but, go, yeah. but please tell me. 
So it didn't have a name when it first came out, but now it does have a name, which is bump sale pricing. And the way that this worked was January 1st was $1. January 2nd was $2. January 3rd was $3. Like so literally a, the day you started the company, January 1st, which is when you started the company, right? Yep, it was like yep. 2000, January 1st, 2009 or something? Yep, yeah. yep, was $1. So a company $1. would pay me $1 to wear a shirt, film a video, host a live show, promote on social media for $1. And you had how many followers? Like So... Like, yeah, I mean, if you look back, so when I had the idea in September of 2008, I then s built a website because we could do all that really quickly, mm -hmm. launched it in October of 2008. No one showed up on the day sure. that I quote unquote launched it because that just literally just meant like making the URL live. Right. Um, you know, I went from obscurity on social media to I think I had about a thousand Twitter followers, you know, a couple hundred friends on Facebook. Facebook was still super closed off. So it was like, yeah, that didn't grow at all. But what happened that was really helpful, so YouTube, I mean, subscribers on YouTube in 2009 a thing, were not right? a thing. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't pushed. It was, Like, YouTube didn't have that system set up at all. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's so no I, social part of it. No, not at all. And then, so the, the thing that happened was Ustream at the time oh, yeah. was huge. That was literally yeah. like the Shiba Inu puppy cam that like went nuts the like yeah. eagle like watching the eagle hatch like those yeah. things were in that time were like everyone watched those things happen on the internet um so ustream was the first sponsor and basically our deal was hey you can have the first day and they just said we just want you if you're gonna do a live show to do it on our platform every single day they don't even exist ustream doesn't even exist anymore right right so when i went live on that first day you know had meager followings on all these other things uh but had 25,000 people watch the first live show because Ustream put me on the homepage, which right. I had no clue. I had no idea how many people would watch. I thought it was going to be a couple hundred. But how did you get Ustream to pay you a dollar? So I had I met a guy uh, through a couple connections and then I think through Twitter and someone introduced us. His name was Evan White. He was a PR guy and he had kind of been behind the scenes of a couple other internet things. So there was a guy who traded a red paperclip up to a house and that was like Evan was behind the scenes on that, like helping that happen and like helping this guy do this. Um, and so he just basically we just had a bunch of calls. He had a bunch of connections, like knew a New York Times reporter. So I did a New York Times interview. The interview itself was nothing and like drew no traffic whatsoever. But it was sure. leverage. I could then go back to everybody that I had emailed and talked to and who had seen like, mm. hey, I was on the New York Times. And they're like, oh, wow, cool. All right. Now I'll go by. Like, I trust that, you know, that social proof is kind of the first time I ever saw that. Uh, so he he knew Ustream. He was doing some PR with and for them. And so he kind of introduced us. Uh, and then that's how that started. Interesting. So it was a dollar. The first day, Ustream yeah. pays a dollar. Yep. You had to cold email people, I guess, to get more sponsors and leverage other things to get more sponsors. And then each day, so each day just went up a dollar. Yeah. So I started all the cold emailing stuff in October once I realized that just launching a website did nothing. Um, mm. But I just started with like emailing friends and family. This is the same stuff we tell people today when someone's yeah. starting an online business. I mean, like, this is what the, the course is. Yeah. It's the exact same thing, which is like yeah. you have to email the people you know who already trust you. You don't have to beg them for money, but just present them with what you're doing and see if they may know any people because who you know knows and all that stuff. But also, you know, one of the things I realized about myself and if, and Steph kind of pointed out to me is I love helping people. Yeah. Like, but as soon as someone wants to help me, I'm like, no, 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 no. I got it. Yeah. And she was like, you're just denying them the satisfaction that you get when you help them. Yeah. I'm like, she's like, so you're the asshole. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. So me, so me not telling people and not giving them the opportunity to help me is being selfish because I just want to be the person who helps everyone. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like understanding that you're like, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll let this person know. Yeah, totally. And people, people want to help you, right? Like your friends and family, they, for the most part, want to see you succeed. So yeah, I did a ton of cold outreach, cold email outreach. But by the time January 1st rolled around, I didn't have to do any of that because I'd done it for three months straight, essentially. Right. And I was reaching out to people on Twitter, like I got put in Twitter spam jail because I just (laughs) at reply, like I just added like a whole ton of people and companies. Okay. I didn't know any better. You know, this is like the beginning of Twitter. You had no idea. Like people still do that to this day, which is you should know by now. Like if you're someone on Twitter, you just don't spam people on Twitter. Uh, But I remember like that was my first slap on the wrist. Um, But yeah, that was by the time it, it kicked off. So January 1st, five months had been sold ahead of time. And, and so it was like, I had this breathing room that had been created because I did all this work ahead of time to create the space for this to exist. At what point did you realize that it's not sustainable? That um, business model. Yeah, well, what's interesting is so that first year it sold out completely in August and I made 85,000 bucks total. So that pricing, like the dollar per day, it adds up and yep. it gets to $66,795 in a full year but you have to do something every single day. Like it's a lot of work. Yeah. So I had, I thought about like monthly sponsorships. So that's how it got to be more than that. So second year, Evan actually came on board as a shirt wearer. So he was the other shirt wearer. So we doubled the price that actually that calendar sold out in six months. So it sold out quicker than the first year. So I'm like riding high. And at this point I'm getting featured in like entrepreneur magazine, fast company, like all these things. So like my ego is just exploding out sure. of my head. And I'm just thinking, oh, this is this business is going to last forever. I can grow it to 50 people and all this stuff. So in 2011, it went to five people and the price, instead of going up $1 per day, went up $5 a day. So the first day was five bucks. The last day was one thousand eight hundred and twenty five dollars. And you didn't start from scratch each year, right? Where like January 1st was five dollars. Started all the way over. Yeah. Yeah. So so I assume that on January first of the second year of business it was three hundred and sixty six dollars no start over it reset it started because it was two people so we went two dollars up yeah so i didn't even have an email list in 2009 didn't have an email list when i opened up the calendar for the 2010 calendar like january 1st was two dollars all the way up to 730 yeah all i did was just have an announcement bar on the website that was like the calendar is open and it made like 50 grand in the first 20 hours selling a portion of the 2010 calendar. Wow. So yeah, it was it, it was crazy. Also, PayPal like held my money for a long time because they're like, "How are you making fifty thousand yeah. dollars in 24 hours?" Right. Uh, but yeah, so every year the price started over, and that was actually part of the problem, Matt. So in 2011, I had five people wearing shirts, and I owed them a salary, all of them, the first month. But their salaries were <laughs> way more money than I were your shirt brought in because of the pricing structure. Right. I, so this I is, this is a this seasonal is, dilemma that I have too. Yeah, but it's also where you start to learn, like, oh, number one, I'm bad at managing money. Number two, <laughs> this business model isn't sustainable when other people rely on it and their salaries are a fixed amount. Like, right. If you I were okay with it, right? Because I like was okay you... with it because I could make it work. You know, like it's just right. me. But these other people are like, hey, this is my full time job. <laughs> like I'm a shirt right. wearer. Uh, so you know, there's so many things I would probably go back and do differently if I had the chance. Although I don't know if I would because I learned so many good lessons from sure. this. Yeah. But it was really the beginning of 2011 when I think I had like 25 grand in payables going out in January, and I think the month made 1,500 bucks. And I right. was like. Okay, I have like 80 grand in the bank, but 
this is not going to last. Like, but but it was a solid twenty five grand every month, right? So in the month. in the later months, you would have that. Well, yeah. So in the later months, you know, you get into when the days are a thousand dollars a day, like six yeah. months in, you're making thirty grand a month, right? So, so it, it it evens out. But the problem is, you have to get to that point, right? So I didn't have the cash so runway, run- right? Yeah. So like, I borrowed money from family in like May of two thousand eleven. Yeah. And everything from the outside looks like it's great. Like the calendar selling, I'm getting all this press and all this stuff, but I don't have like the, the business isn't working. Like I don't even, I don't even know where the money's going and I'm writing all these checks and I just can't even keep up with it. So that was really like those two things were the big eye openers of, uh Oh, something is not going right. But I didn't stop. I just continued thinking like, Oh, it'll fix itself. Like I'll get into the more money months and everything will be fine. It'll work itself out and I'll just have all this extra cash. What did you I think I learned a lesson. What did you learn? Like if you had to do it again, like what would you if do I, differently? If I had to do it again, uh, number one, I wouldn't scale so big. Like you mean you maybe, wouldn't hire? Yeah. Maybe I would go to two people, but mm-hmm. maybe I would just stick with myself because if you look at it now, especially with YouTubers and especially with like Instagram, like people who are famous on Instagram, like I essentially was a quote unquote influencer, influencer. vomit yep. emoji in 2009 and i i i just kind of fell into it like it, it wasn't cuz i set out to do that i just wanted to tell stories i just wanted to say hey here's this dog poop bag company that i'm wearing a shirt for that's like 80 years old you know like this company's been around forever and they're just they have such a cool story like they're biodegradable bags like all this stuff like these fun things yeah. that you would find out about these businesses that they would be in obscurity like no one would ever hear about them Right. And, you know, 10,000 people lined up a day to the Irie Shirt website to listen to me advertise to them a company. And so if I could have stayed in that zone, yeah, I think that, that would have been really fun. And then I could have easily gone, okay, Jason, like, don't work weekends, like take You're some right. days off, right? So yeah. that those are definitely the changes I, w- I would have made. And I think you get to a point then where you could also go, let me hire a video editor. Like I'll film the videos and then I'll just send the footage to someone. Someone can edit it. Yep. They can upload it, like do all that. Like start Easy to stuff. Fill. Like really, really like, uh, what do they call it? Like commoditized areas or, or like, or, uh, uh, compartmentalize your, your workflow. Absolutely. Instead of like a yeah. full-time person, it's like, yep. whoa, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a recipe. An operations person to like, you know, cause then the first year I had people mail me all the shirts every single day. That was a nightmare because mm-hmm. I said extra large a hundred times. Mm-hmm. I would get a medium shirt. I'm like, hey, um, I'm six foot four. Like, I'm yep. not small. I can't wear a medium. <laughs> like, but that would have been hilarious. I did. You can go. Oh, like, yeah, you can go back. Yeah. You can see. Like, I just was like, I don't care. You know, like I'm yeah. just gonna do it. Like, it didn't matter. Right. But like, just all of that stuff. Like, filling all of those little, you know, compartmentalized things. Like you said, like that would have been really helpful. Uh, it would be really interesting to see the different trajectory of what that looked like. Because if you go back and, you know, look at it, it's like without the expertise, it's like I was basically doing what Casey Neistat did when like he revolutionized what vlogging was. And yeah. it becomes, it became so great with him because A, fantastic filmmaker, B, really great cinematographer, even with like basic equipment. And I was learning all of that stuff. And I think if I like could take the skill that I had gained by the end of it and applied it towards the beginning, no doubt it would have like, I would be in that somewhat of a similar place because mm-hmm. it's just, no one else was doing it. Like the, I Justine was the only other person <laughs> right, right. who was, she's been around that long yeah, and even before is. that and still is like, she's still doing so well with all that stuff. Yeah. So 
That is a, you know, so that's definitely one business model. Would you consider that weird? You consider that weird. That's weird. I think the majority of my business from 2008 to 2014 was weird. Mm. I think what are the like, other what are the other ones? Because the other so I think more people know you from the the the, the last. I wear your shirt. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I, I wear. Oh no, I wear your shirt for sure. All right. I think. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah I, I I mean I know about you. Like I knew who you were just from the last i'm like that oh that's that mother oh that's the guy that fucking <laughs> sold his last name like what? or like you and you hear about the guy who like tattooed his like yep. you know yeah. it's like oh uh, that guy yeah um yeah and then i wear your shirt i didn't know like i didn't know why your shirt existed yeah but I, I get that like yeah if somebody knew you from there that makes sense yeah i still get a random email like once a month of someone like hey just saw a video of you while i was getting my oil changed at jiffy lube <laughs> Because, like, Irish just, shirt will come up randomly. Like, they have, like, a syndicated just, yeah. program. And, like, they just randomly it's talk crazy. about weird stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, other business models. So, in 2012, I sold my last name, as you've talked about. So, yeah. I ba- I basically built, the easiest way to explain it is an eBay auction for my last mm-hmm. name. But I built it on my own site. Had a developer cobble together an auction. And you were done with Irish shirt at this point. I was still going. So were this, still going. This so, in 2012... Okay. So two things happened. Number one, mom went through a divorce and this was my third father at the time. So it was kind of a bummer for me of like, now I had this last name I really didn't want. And the second thing was we were bleeding cash like crazy for our rear shirt because it was getting to that place where like just cash was, was running out. Yep. And so I was trying to think, what can I do to a get get rid of this last name? I don't want B drum up some cash and then C try and get some notoriety. Cause like I rear shirt had been around for four years so it's like, yeah, no one's really excited for three kind years. Of yeah. Cool. They're like a little bit. Yeah. They're like, OK, man, we talked about you wearing shirts and hiring people who wear shirts. Like what's new? what else you got? Yeah. Exactly. And and that's the way that the media cycles work and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I basically just decided, all right, I've sold the shirt on my chest for every single day for years. Like, why not sell my last name for a year? I'll change it. You know, after that. Also, I'm not going to let a porn company buy my last name or anything <sighs> stupid. Um, and so, yeah, I built this auction and started it. I had an email list of 600 people. So I had figured out some email marketing stuff at that mm-hmm. point. Built this really small email list. I called it jasonisuptosomething.com. That's how you like signed up for the email list. Mm-hmm. And sent out the email when the site went live. And I think it was November 1st of 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the bidding, I expected... I expected the final auction to be somewhere between $5,000 and $10,000. That's what I would hope at the end. It was a 30-day auction. Yep. It would finish at five to 10 grand. That'd Sounds be great. reasonable. Yep. Yeah. End of the first 24 hours, only 600 people on an email list. The bidding was up to $33,000 at the end of the first day. It blew, it blew my mind then. It still blows my mind now. Yeah. Like, but it also goes to show you, I had built up all this notoriety with our rear yep. shirt. I built up. So at that point, I had you know, 20 some odd thousand followers on Twitter or whatever. I was a verified Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, YouTube videos were getting 10,000 views a video and all of this stuff was around me. So it made sense for a company to be like, yeah, we're just spend 30 grand to like for a year, people are going to know our brand and they'll be talked about it. Yeah. Um, and that was the whole idea. Like I knew I was smart enough to see that. So sure. So yeah, that auction ended at 45,500 bucks. Uh, it was funny at the the very tail end, like 10 minutes left in the auction. I, I was on the phone with two separate companies. One was a an online pawn shop, which I was a little bit cold Oof. on being my last name. Like I was like, yeah. really what was the name of it? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was Pawn Up was the name of it. I don't know if it's still around <laughs> or not. 
<laughs> so it had been Jason like pawnup.com or something. So oh I was I was almost, you know, I think I was talking with my wife Caroline at the time, like, I don't know. I might just say no to this one and like go to the previous bidder and be like, hey, yeah. you won, you know. I really yeah. wanted to be Jason Cheez It's. Like that was my like okay, I was funny. trying to get in contact with Nabisco and it yeah. just wasn't working. Um and so it ended up being this company, this headsets company called headsets.com. I was on the phone with their marketing guy and he was like, Jason, like literally right before he was like, I'm going to bid $5,000 over what my budget, like I've, I've talked to my boss about this. Like I have a $40,000 budget. I'm about to bid more than that. Don't dick us over. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know how I would, but I, I won't, I won't do it. Like it'll be right. fine. And so he literally bid $5,000 over what he was supposed to. They ended up winning it. Um, I announced it like the next day on Fox and friends, which I wouldn't go back and do Fox again. <laughs> oh, so you met like Brian Kilkenny and all those no, people? I did. It was all like the satellite interviews. Cause I oh, lived okay. in Florida. Like I lived in Jacksonville, Florida yeah, at the time. Yeah. Like there's no news there, but like announced it on Fox and friends USA today, picked it up, put it on the homepage of their site, put it on the front page of the paper and like a super small, like byline or whatever. Yeah. And that like that company tracked it and they had, a quarter of a million dollars in earned media in the first like two weeks after buying. So it. totally worth the money. For them, they're like, this is a no, this is the best ad buy we've ever had. Yeah, you know? right. And, That's awesome. and continues to this day. Like people still know about this, find it, hear about it. Yep. Um, I, I'll get a random like email from the CEO. He's like, we still get people signing up because they heard about us from your last name. Like it's what's so funny about that. What's funny is the company's name is headsets.com. Yeah. So your last name, it, your name is jasonheadsets.com. Yeah. I don't think it would have been as funny if their company was like headsets. Right. Yeah. You know, or like, or like, like com. Head, yeah. fast headsets. It, yeah. It's funny because it's .com. Yeah. I was right? also in talks with Ford at the time. I don't know if you remember, like Ford had like a really good social media presence really early in Twitter. And so they were getting ready, but they're like two years ahead of time in their marketing. So they yeah. were like, we don't know what vehicle we would put as your last name. But this was before, you know, those like Sprinter vans that are super popular yeah. now with like all yeah, the, the van, van lifers and everything. People. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they had their own version, which is the Ford Transit van. So they were already planning this. like two, So like I was almost Jason Ford Transit van, <laughs> which would have been Oh, funny. Transit van? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. And we were, we had talked about like we were exchanging emails like, you know, we'd send you a van so like you could have one. You could like deck yeah. it out, like do something yeah. cool. Like and I, cool. I was all on board. I was like, this is great. Like this is an integrated marketing campaign. Like when you hear that term, you're like, what does that even mean? Like yeah. that's what it means. And and that would have been really fun. And like you see that today, right? Like that is a thing that happens all the time today. Yep. But in oh, 2012, it's... that didn't exist. Like no one was doing that stuff. So uh, it was just I look back on that, like that by my last name project was so ridiculous. It was so fun. It was just such a, like a super weird and interesting thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, I, I mean, and, I you, and you legally changed your last name. Yeah. So as you read in Own Your Weird, the first part of the book is me talking about the story of sitting in the courtroom. And I don't want to spoil it because I had a lot of fun writing that first introduction. Right. But it's like, it's me sitting in the courtroom next to my lawyer and then going up in front of a judge and having to explain this stupid idea right. to a legitimate judge in a yeah. courtroom with people who are like dealing with real life shit. So that's uh, yeah. So legally changed it. Driver's license, everything like yep, all my did, accounts online. All you did it, it twice. Yep. Did it twice. Second time around. Uh, I did it because I knew that the, I was writing my first book. And so mm -hmm. I was like, OK, I was I literally hadn't planned on selling it a second time. I was just going to change my name to something else after the first year. But I, I started writing this book and then I was like, oh, the front cover of a book is a pretty good opportunity. 
and I had a good feeling that the book would get some press and notoriety, or at least like some exposure from my audience. And so yeah, put it another auction up, same thing, 30 days, started zero, had a little email list. It ended up selling for 50 grand, uh, so more than the first one. So I literally made $100,000 selling my last name, which is ridiculous. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Um, donated 10% to charity, which I like to say, yeah, you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're an asshole, but like, I'm not. <laughs> um, and yeah, and like had that the surfer app name, which uh, which is still an app that exists today. It's a surfing app. It's like Yelp for surfing, a really cool. well done app. And yeah, lived with that. Like I always joke with people that like when I check into a hotel, they're like, oh, what's surfer app? I'm like, oh, it's a piece of Ikea furniture. And they're like, wait, what? And I was just like, <laughs> leave it there. Like, I just love like those stupid things where like a TSA agent, like, what is this? I'm like, oh, it's Swedish. He's like, oh, okay. All right. And like, yeah. Through thing. <laughs> uh, so, you know, just tried to have some fun with it. But yeah, that was this kind of second business model, I guess, which was the auction uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. And then, and what else have you done? What other business models have you toyed with? Because you've done, so, I mean, yeah, because yeah, keep book, going. Because like, yeah, yeah. So the book that I wrote in 2013 was uh, Creativity for Sales. We've talked about multiple times, and yep. I. So I remember talking with like Chris Brogan, like all these like well-known authors who self-publish, mm-hmm. and being like, "Hey, like, do you make money from a book?" And most of them were like, "No, it's just a way to like market other stuff." Yeah, it's like and a I was big, like, big. It's like a thick business card. Exactly, and I was like, oh that blows. I don't want to do that. You know, like I can do that in other ways. Like I don't want to spend all this time. And so I went, I kind of went back and uh, just like sat and thought like, what could I do with a book that's different that I haven't seen as someone who barely read any books at the time. Now I read a ton of books, but yeah, I was like, I've never seen anybody put ads in a book, like in a printed book. And could I do that where it doesn't look gross? Like it's not like a bunch of like coupons essentially at the the pages of a book. (laughs) Yeah, And it actually is like kind of the I wear your shirt thing brought into a book. And so that's what I did. I built a site called sponsormybook.com and I basically put every page of the book up for sponsorship and I used the incremental pricing structure. So I did it at $3 on the first page and then just increased it by three bucks. But the pricing really fell apart. Like I didn't follow the bump sale pricing throughout the whole thing because no, A, people were just like, you know, why am I paying more or less? Like it didn't really make sense. Right. Uh, so I was just like, name a price, you know? And so I ended up making 75 grand. So I got filled all the sponsorship pages, got a front yep. cover sponsor, back cover sponsor. And I had all of that money before the book was finished being written, uh, before it had a name, you know, like it was just Crazy. the concept of it. Uh, and that's actually like something that has served me well for years now is pre-selling anything. Yeah. Which I think is weird. Like, I think most people would agree, like, you know, pre-selling stuff or getting paid before actually doing the thing, like that doesn't make sense. But I think it makes the most sense because it's the ultimate validator of these ideas. Yeah, that and it's like funding. It's funding for totally right. Yeah, like for most of us who run our own businesses, we we don't want to take on investment. We don't want to take on debt essentially to do these things. So if we can get paid ahead of time, and it's almost like you know, it's like sweat equity debt. Like you're going to have to do the work for that thing, or you're going to have to deliver the product or the service, but if you can make some money ahead of time and it gives you that runway, it's, it's really helpful. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, all of this, what you just said is like, I, that's the reason I bought the, the, uh, the sponsorships course. Cause I'm like, well, if I'm going to learn yeah. how to sell sponsorships from anybody, it's like the <laughs> yeah. motherfucker who yeah. sold his last name twice and, <laughs> and, and a whole book and then wore a shirt every day for five years. Yeah. It's like, come on. And like you, you had to deal with however many companies you learn, you learn things. Yeah. 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 You learn things. And that's what um, I think like for the majority of us, like, we want to learn from the people. And this is what I talk about in the book too. It's like, 
you want to learn from the people who a have done the thing you want to do. Like that's a sure. no brainer. Yep. But I think we all would agree that now in the like 2019s, mm-hmm. we want to learn from the people who we like, who are weird. And it's like, sure. like you seeing a sponsorship course from the weird guy who sold his last name and like war shirts and whatever, or like, you know, Tom Jones, who's just like corporate guy who got sponsorships for a business. Who would sure. you pick? Like, well, you, you pick, pick the, the outlier, right? Yeah, you totally. Pick the, you pick the person who's who's pushed the boundaries on the thing, and if and obviously has probably done a lot of the techniques that the corporate guy does. Yeah, but but then but feel like congruent to who you are, and like you could sure. make them your own. Yeah, yeah. Um. So now, where are you business model wise? Because I even you know with so you went from and, let, and correct me if my timeline's wrong, but it's not going to be wrong. We've already established that I know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Uh. So. You went, you did the course yep. and then you had your site, Jason does stuff. And you kind of like, you kind of like fell into this. Um, you were going to, you were a writer now and you just wrote an article like every day. I think you did it every right? week. I every learned, week. I learned not every day. Don't I do every, every day. day. <laughs> right. Okay. So every week you were writing an article and you were building up this website and you were selling small products, digital yep. products. You had your, yep. you had that course. Um, you had some, oh, you had, you had started to build teachery, which was a digital uh, course software platform. yep yep platform you and, th- and then like you had other little courses too right you yeah had, yeah i had a couple with paul jarvis so yep. we had oh, right. uh finish your damn book because we both wrote books and like got a bunch of people in us like how'd you write a book and we're like well it's not that hard like here are the yeah. things that we did and then we did a book about like owning your personality called how dare you um mm. which actually a lot of like what's in how dare you is in own your weird because it's the same messaging it's like put more of you in everything you do and yep. you'll stand out. Like yep. that's how you stand out. It's not by having a fancier website or whatever. It's like your story, your experiences, those unique things. Yeah. So yeah, I had like a digital book that I sold and I just really wanted to test like, you know, you do all these weird things. So like the sponsor my book, the buy my last name, the Irish shirt, like they take a lot of investment, both like mentally and just doing the work. Yeah. Maybe not the buy my last name one, to be honest, but sure. like, it's still mental effort that you have to put in. I wanted you something still have to easy. go get your last name changed legally. Totally. That's mental yeah. effort. I wanted to do something that was quote unquote easy, right? I wanted passive income. Like I was yeah. just so tired. And I also had racked up a hundred thousand dollars in debt from my IRA shirt business. So like, yeah, I wanted to try and figure out like, what could I do that can scale quickly? And that's when I fell into the online course thing. That's where Jason does stuff came around. So 2013 from there till 2015, was you're more like what we see kind of online marketers doing now or digital product right. people doing now. But then you did another super weird thing, which was <laughs> the fu- by our fu- by my future. Nice. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. Again, you got it. Timeline. Elephant brain. Elephant brain. Uh, so you you basically had all these products that you had built, including the sponsorship course. And you're like, anything that I've already built and will build forever and ever and ever, you yep. can buy that. Um, and people did. Yep. A lot yes. of people did. Yeah. So that was my first like, so I'd done a bunch of courses before that. And I had really been chasing this like $100,000 launch. Like we've all seen that the six figs, yeah. like make six figs. And I'd never <laughs> been able to come close to it. And that actually wasn't a determining factor by my future. By my future came from, I now had like eight total products. So I had like five courses. I had teachery. I had another software product and like one other thing that I was selling. And I just like marketing and promoting all of them. I was just stretched so thin and I was super bored of the marketing and selling. Like I wanted yeah. to focus on creating and making. And so the buy my future idea came together. It was a thousand dollars for the first run. 
but I did a shitload of marketing for it. Like I did 49 customer calls. So previous customers or previous things got on Skype, talked to them about buy my future and just explained it because I wanted to hear what they thought. Yeah. And so that was really good because I, I heard how people said it back to me and they're like, oh, this is what this is. And that was immediately what went on the sales page. Like that's how they thought about it. So that's yeah. how I needed to write about it. And then I also wrote a 60 day journal on Medium. So Medium was kind of taking off at the time in 2015. Yeah. And I knew my site had a very limited reach, but Medium kind of had like exponential reach because there's a lot of people on it. So I did this daily journal where I just updated what I'm doing to build this. So like the brand, the pricing, I didn't release the name of it. So I kind of kept some mystery uh, and it was really fun. So like those things along, I had like a little behind the scenes podcast that I did as well. That led up to the launch and it was open for two weeks and it sold 178 spots. So $178,000. And yep. I think I spent in total probably 25 grand. I wrote it, like I have a whole post on it. Um, you yep. can find it pretty easily. Uh, but I was... It was, ama- it was amazing. Like it truthfully was like all of that work, everything I've been doing for the past couple of years, all the lead up to it, like it paid off yeah. and it, it was a lot of work, but it was also really the first time where I'd made a good chunk of money that I could go, oh, finally, yeah. you know, like all of this work, I feel like a little bit of breathing room finally happening. Yep. And then the final thing that I thought that I consider weird, I don't know if anyone else thought that it was weird, <laughs> is the combination of you and caroline your wife's yeah businesses yeah i'm just like not me because <laughs> like, you and no steph, way because you and huh? steph have tried to work together we have tried i mean <laughs> we we've tried we you know what the only thing it's this podcast is the only yeah. thing that is like truly just a you know she owns her world i own my world and that's yeah. and that we keep separated you know but um yeah like that was like that to me was weird yeah oh big. yeah yeah, so we. Did you, I how, did you, to, how did you get? What other did people say that? Like, mm. well, Caroline said it. So like, we were <laughs> She's like, I don't so, want to do that. Yeah, totally. So Jason does stuff, you know, and then Buy My Future was going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Caroline had her made vibrant site where she was. She was also writing. She was creating art. She had a couple of courses as well. Yep. And things were you know going well, but she was falling into the same thing I was falling into with like a couple too many things to promote. Yes. And so we decided let's do by our future. So that combined all of our stuff, but it didn't combine our businesses. She mm-hmm. still had made vibrant. I still had Jason does stuff. And the more that I was thinking about it, the more I was like, we're on the same path. Like we're, yeah, we're trying to do the same thing, but it's separate. Like why not bring it together? And we'd worked literally 12 feet apart for like at that point, seven years, yeah. you know, like we collaborated. She worked for me during the I your shirt time she worked mm-hmm. separate you know we always kind of talk together and i think we've you know i just <laughs> we would go on these walks every afternoon and we lived at the beach at the time um and so we could walk like down by the water and it was just awesome and i would just i kept berating her like let's combine our businesses let's just have one thing and she was like i don't want to do that <laughs> and and i think i just mm. kept trying to position it and then finally i said one thing that like i, I think really resonated with her which was we are better together so even though we're going to have conflict, even though we're not 100% eye to eye on everything, yes, as a whole, we are better together. And her kind of like emotional savvy, like artistic, she's incredibly good with words and thoughts. And my extremely practical action taking mindset, those things really go well hand in hand. 
Yeah. Um, and so we just, we kind of kept talking. We had a big brainstorm meeting. Like we literally rented a co-working like conference room. Cause we're like, we got to oh. get out of our own environment. Like let's have a whiteboard. Like let's actually do this. Yeah. And that is where the idea for wandering aimfully came up uh, of, of essentially like, this is what we do. Like we wander aimfully through a lot of this stuff. Like we know where we want to go, but there's a lot of experimentation going on. Mm -hmm. And even with that business, like we started that business last year, basically a year from, from recording this now. Oh, okay. And we built that publicly. So it took, we thought it was going to take five weeks. It took five months. Yeah. We thought it was going to cost five grand to build everything. It costs like 20 grand to build everything. Uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of bumps and bruises and, it, for all intents and purposes, as of right now, it's a membership community like yep. Fizzle, like any of these other things. Um, and it makes recurring money. It has made $10,000 recurring money for the past couple months. I've written about we kind of have a public journey of trying to get to enough of what we call it. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to make exponential money forever because you we know what that treadmill feels like. It's just like you're stuck on like I can make more. I can make more. So we've kind of set this number that we want to get to, which is $33,000 a month. Just kind of funny because that goes back to the by my future like number. Like I don't know if there's some like subconscious in there. Yeah, isn't it, um, isn't it thirty three the name of that Jim Carrey movie where you keep seeing that number everywhere? Oh, maybe twenty. Is it twenty three or thirty? Might be twenty three. Yeah, I can't. I like that movie was interesting though. Um, but yeah, so we, like we're not there yet, but we also have just tried all of these different things. Now having this combined business. Granted, Caroline got sick for the majority of this year, so that's been mm -hmm. really rough on us because she is you know, 50% of everything that we do. And she's the engine behind like design and positioning and branding. And so when we don't have that stuff, like, you know, I'm trying to keep up with all the other things. I can't do all that by myself. Right. Um, but yeah, so combined those two businesses into Wandering Aimfully, uh, it's essentially a membership community. That's kind of the business model of it. And we're probably changing it uh, here in the next couple months. But um, yeah, it's just been, it, it, it has definitely been weird. We get a lot of emails from couples, especially they're like, how do you work together? Yeah. How do you do that? And a lot of people are like, it's just not going to work. Like there's nothing we could tell you that's going to help you do that. You either can or you can't, and you just have to kind of be okay with that. Is it, um, how has it been in the last year? Like, I feel like you've gone from kind of owning everything as like, I'm Jason, I make yeah. the, the rules. I do the thing. I can be as weird and as crazy as I want to be versus now there's a business partner yep. who's your wife. So there's like, there's you're you're balancing two things, right? You're not just being like, well, I have to, you have to, you have to love her at the end of the day too. It's, yeah, it's totally. like, you can't just like get in a fight over business and then go like, Oh, you want a dinner? It's like totally changed. Like it's a different <laughs> person. Um, get your own damn dinner. Right. Yeah. So you, you saw what you did to me earlier today. I'm like, what? Oh no, that was, that was business. Jason, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, personal yeah. life. Jason, he has no qualms. Um, so there's like, I, I just see that being incredibly stressful yeah. and a balancing act that ultimately, and, and this is me projecting, um, that I feel like you want it to make things you, I think what you did was the, with, Everything that you had done leading up to this, it's like, and I felt, I feel the same. I feel the same way. This is why I'm projecting. I just want it. I just want one thing. Yeah. I want one thing. I just want it to be super easy and I want to be super focused. And I'm just like, I want that. Right. And I, and I think that that's, that's what wandering aimfully was. Right. It was like your way of going like, this is the one, not even just like me, one thing, yeah. like the whole house, one thing. Yeah. Right. How has that been? Yeah, it's been interesting. I and mean, am I right? Am I right with that projection? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think that over the years, as I've done so many different things, when you get pulled in all those different directions, both Caroline and myself, it's like, we just want it to be easier. Like you make it harder with every new thing that you add that is separate and outside. So it's like, at one point I had four software products going. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus uh, like Jason Does Stuff site, plus some speaking that I was doing. Like, it's just like so many things. Yeah, and eventually. Yeah, it's 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 too many plates. It's me doing all like I don't have any employees. Like we talked about that. Like I don't have right. anybody that does anything. So yep. it, it's just it's too much. And and so Wandering Aimfully has been really good on that front where it feels like it's the thing that we both own and that we can work on. And like the energy that goes into that is helpful. And what's been really helpful is also to remove everything else. So like yeah, I sold off two software products. You know, Spruce didn't work out. We have a whole saga with that that didn't work out. Like Bump Sale yep. separated from that. I'm no longer a part of that. Like I just have moved. Oh, like, really? I bought, you sold that? Yeah, just like I, I basically like Conrad and I tr- traded essentially is what we did. Yeah. Uh, and so moved away from that. Tea Tree, I'm buying out my co-founder. That's, you know, pretty much done deal. Uh, yep. So it's like right now, my focus is Wandering Aimfully and Tea Tree. Yep. Which is really nice because they both interact well together. A Wandering Aimfully membership includes a Tea Tree membership because we talk a lot about building online products and courses and things. And then all of our things that we teach are hosted within Tea Tree. So it's like a nice connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difficult thing and kind of what you're talking about and what you're projecting is true is we have a lot of moments where we butt heads. We have a lot of times yeah. where we don't see eye to eye on the way things work. And it's really about just trying to communicate as much as possible, like, what are we really trying to do in this conversation? Like, what yeah. is our end goal? Like, oh, we're trying to have a business we love. We're trying to have customers that are super happy. We're trying to have a product we're really proud of. Okay, mm-hmm. what we're bickering about, it really, like, it doesn't yeah, serve it doesn't that. Stop. You know, yeah. like, we're in the weeds here. And it happens, though. It's yeah. happened to us recently. Like, we've been there. And what we have to do is just kind of, like, back up a little bit, assess why we're doing this. Is this actually, and a lot of times what happens is the arguments in business actually stem from like a personal life thing and it gets well that's you mean what you're expressing there is this incredible self-awareness which not everyone has but when you can sit there in the moment and be angry and go like wait a minute why am i angry yeah and i give caroline i give caroline all the credit for that right like she's the one who is the super self-aware and and i've come around to that because i've you know been talking with her now for years and so i'll even see that too i'm like i think I'm pulling from this or you're right. pulling from that. And you know, that doesn't always go smoothly. Sure. <laughs> but, no, why would it? Yeah. But we, we really try and like, we don't let things fester. Like if we're going to finish, if we're arguing and it's going until like midnight, it's like, we're not going to go to sleep until this is figured out. And at least to a place where we feel, Hey, we've come to terms on this and we both feel good about it. And maybe it's not hundred percent solved and we're not happy necessarily about the result, but we're not going to be angry at each other and let it mm-hmm. carry forward. Yeah. Uh, and so that, you know, that has really benefited us. And, you know, one of the weird things for us, and I think a lot of people don't want this, but we don't mind it, which is we talk about business all the time. Like, and right. I think you and Steph are the same way, right? Yeah. Like, it's very hard to turn that off. Yeah. But we also love what we do. And I don't think that for us, like, our businesses are so connected to our lives and it's so connected to what we enjoy doing, which is mm-hmm. making, sharing, teaching. We love that stuff. So to not talk about it almost feels like we're forcing ourselves to push away the things we actually really enjoy. Yeah, that a hundred percent. And you had mentioned before the call too, you were like, you were saying like what we do, meaning you and I is we go out there and we do these like big audacious projects, which gets us marketing because money lab doesn't have consistent 
traffic. The only thing that's consistent with Money Lab is this podcast. Mm-hmm. And the only way Money Lab grows is when I do something, I guess, Weird. newsworthy or, or yeah. worthy of people like talking about. And yeah. I think um, what, like what I what I found what I found out through this site and, and starting the site. And again, like you're responsible for the site because I believe you're the one that's like you should do the X. You should mm-hmm. be doing this and making this public. And I and I think I expressed like, you know, no one knows I'm the guy behind the scenes at Swim University, but I want them to. Yeah. Um, and so it you know, there was a couple of hits that I had where, you know, I did something and it like blew up and got notoriety. Um, and now I feel like I am just one of those people that exist in in our industry that is talked about in private conversations. And I'm never made aware of it because I've been <laughs> told by everybody who's come on the podcast. He's like, oh, yeah, like my friends talked about you last night. I'm like, where? Yeah. Like, oh, like on Slack or like at my yeah. apartment. I'm like, oh, so tell me that I want to hear that. Like, I don't know that, but that's when you, when you do stuff like that, it's, it's like kind of the word of, you don't hear about a lot of the word of mouth stuff and my struggle. And I'm, it is how do you sustain that? How do you sustain? Cause we talked a lot about sustainability and how that's been a problem. And I, I think about sustainability all the time because it's like, well, yeah, if the only way to make a living from money lab is to do weird shit all the time like isn't that just a recipe for burnout it is and it isn't i mean i think to answer your question and this is what helped me a lot was really defining like what my core values are and what i mean by that is like what are the things that really matter to me so Mm. you know for you like and i think we probably have very similar values which is number one for me is control so i need i need ultimate control in almost every single thing i work on Yep. Um, and if I don't have control, then I have to understand that I need to let go of the results of that thing or the success of that thing because I'm not in control. So I can't dictate the outcome of that thing. Right. So that's one. Two is flexibility. I don't want to be tied to my computer, my inbox, my work, yep. all hours of every day. I want to be able to leave. You want to be able to brew beer in you know, the middle of the day. Like I need that flexibility. Otherwise, I will hate work. Yeah. And the third, and this is actually, you know, it came about you know, years after I defined those first two, which is being weird. Like that is a core value to me because it's exactly what you just said. By doing the weird things, number one, I feel personally fulfilled, right? I don't feel yes. fulfilled when I design a great sales page. Fine. It's great. Right. It converts. It makes money. Uh, it's nice, but I don't feel fulfilled. I feel fulfilled when I'm doing something that people talk about or that people right. say, that's cool or that's interesting. And it's not necessarily the external validation that sure. matters. It's first the internal of like, I know I'm doing something that's unique to me. Then I get the benefit of the external validation. And so I think for you, it becomes a balancing act of going, let me cover the first values that matter, like the things that you know are important. The hierarchy that, you know, of needs. sort Exactly. Of, yeah. And then let me lean into this weird thing. And then what does that look like for me? And, and what we talked about like before we started recording was, I think, you, you know, we've said this for years together, which is like, Swim University is your golden goose. That's mm-hmm. the thing that makes the majority of your money. It's the thing that is pretty consistent and pretty reliable. You just need to invest an hour a day on it or whatever it takes. It's not that much. Mm-hmm. And just know that, okay, money is taken care of on like my enough number, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Swim University takes care of that. Now, Money Lab has the exponential opportunity to do a lot of other things. But the most important thing I think Money Lab has for you is filling up the personal fulfillment 
which like sure. based on your weird, which other people then talk about. Can you be too weird? Uh, yeah. Because sure. I, I like two examples. One, me doing the rap album is one of my prouder. I listened accom- to it like two weeks ago, by the way, when That's I was at crazy. a coffee shop. Yeah. Uh, I'm it's not going to lie. I listened to it two weeks ago in my car because I was like, I want to hear this. I never listened to this in my car. Like I never like checked it. And I was like, I'm going to see how good the bass is. It held yeah. up. Yeah. But yeah, I that's one of my like, I sat down for a month. I did every, I wrote every, you know, and it's like, I can still say that. I, yeah. I go to parties who people don't know me and my friend's like, oh, he's the, he's a rapper. That guy's yeah. a rapper. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I wrote, a, I wrote an app, album in 30 days. Yeah. And then people were like, like what do you mean the, the the lyrics i'm like no 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 the lyrics <laughs> like, the beats the yeah. the melodies i did the sales page i did design the whole cover the inside every i did everything in 30 days that is super i'm super proud of that it has gotten me jack shit as yeah. far as like my my friend was he was like he 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 did this to burn me and then immediately apologized he was like well i'm not the asshole who burned his list doing a rap album <laughs> and i was like what I was like, oh, whatever. And he's like, um, dude, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah. You know, I'm like, no, it's true. Like I was doing businessy stuff. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do a rap album. People were like, I don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. Um, And then the other, and that was like, that hurt me technically in the like grand scheme of things. But it's one of the things that I can say, like, I'm proud that I did that. Yeah. And the other thing that I bring up a lot too is when I first did Asana for bloggers, which I had accomplished in seven days, which was another, like, I'm proud of that course because that course still sells. Zero, you know, zero marketing, all that shit. But I did a sales video where I, I recorded, I like, I I memorized it. Like I wrote a script and memorized it and then delivered it in like a monotone, like creep, like in like a serial killer kind of tone. And I loved it. I was like, (laughs) oh, this is so fucking weird and bizarre. And I'm like, no. And then I showed it to Chase Reeves and he called me and he was like, do you really want to sell this course? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, then don't do this because this is yeah. on. No one's going to think you're serious. And I was like, ah, so there is like a line, right? Yeah. Of like, you can be a little too weird. And if you're trying to make money from it, it's like, who, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, I think that the, like all these weird business models that I've tried over the years, like some have worked, some have worked less amazing so, than others yeah and it, it's it's really just like it's a sum of all the parts right mm-hmm. so it's like your entire kind of portfolio of work if you will is not yeah. measured just by the success of the entrepreneur album or of the asana for bloggers sure. it's like it's all of it and i think that yeah it's so your body much of work yeah i think so much of of owning your weird right this is like the mm-hmm. whole premise of the book is yeah you have to know what drives you but you yeah. also do have to understand a little bit of like what drives the, the needle on yeah on other people? And if a yeah. monotone serial killer vibe of a video is going to put people off from buying, you have to be smart enough to go, okay, that was a fun idea for me, and I'm yeah. glad that I did it. But it it's exists. not going to work. Yeah, and it's not going to work to sell. Yeah, and try a different joke. You need to totally. you need to rework reworkshop that joke. It's like, and I have those things too. Paul Jarvis and I created emoji bombs, and we wanted yeah. to deliver a daily emoji story via email, and people would pay for it. It's a stupid idea. It's yeah. so weird. It's so but dumb. But you built that in 24 hours. We built it so. in 24 hours. It was, but it, the point of it was not even to make money. It was just to do something weird to be do marketing. Yeah, right. And and that for for you and what I I think so much of even for me is like we have to go. All right, what is the stuff that takes care of the core values of like control and flexibility and probably a little bit of like sustainable business stuff, and then 
what's the stuff that's really going to fill us up internally and then maybe get some of that external validation as well. Yeah. And that's where you have to just balance all of those things out. And that, that what, to though. me has been the value of Money Lab as, as being a subscriber and a watcher is I like all of the weird stuff and I appreciate all of it. I'm also a super edge case. You know, I'm yeah. not like the normal person. So, yeah. And, and it, it is a, it is a tough balance because recently we had, we did a thing where Steph and I were like, we're going to start doing highly produced ads on the money lab podcast. Like, like radio, like traditional yeah. radio style ads that no one's ever done before. Really? Yeah. At least we thought. And so we, I bought all this equipment, you know, got these fancy mics cause we were thinking about doing this thing. And the first one we did um, was this monster truck ad for my affiliate marketing course. Yeah. And which was great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we, so Steph wrote the script. Yeah. We sat down together, we punched it up and we, you know, we solidified it. And then I sat at my computer and just deep voice doing yeah. this, the whole, you know, yeah. and Sunday, 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 sun, Sunday. And I, Oh, I fucking destroyed my voice. Like for the mm-hmm. next week, I had a sore throat, but I, I, I laughed the entire time at my desk. I sat yeah. there and I was laughing my ass off. And then when I showed Steph, she would be on the floor cracking up. Like, I can't yeah. believe it came out that good. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I'm not done. Cause that's <laughs> that I felt like that was all I was supposed to do was this like audio ad. Yeah. And I'm like, I gotta do a video. I gotta do yeah. a video. And I spent an, an two days doing that video. It's only 30 seconds or 40 seconds long or whatever. And I was so fucking proud of that and I was cracking up the entire time and everybody I showed it to was like cracking up. I had a blast just like going to parties and being like, I made this. Like everyone yep. shut up, put this on the TV because yeah. <laughs> uh, I was so proud of it. It 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 didn't really work. Yep. You know, it didn't really sell any courses. And yep. then the next, so we had, we had a couple planned and we still yep. have more planned, but we're not doing them now because the second one we did was the porn one or the sex hotline one. I played right? it. I played it for Caroline. Yeah. So the that one started as like Steph wrote the script. We punched yeah. it up, and then she tried to do the voice. Yeah. I was like, not working. <laughs> and then I was like, well, would it be funny if I did the voice? So I did the voice. <laughs> so I have a, a copy of it, whereas me going like, hey, it's like it's terrible. <laughs> but I was like, I I went on Fiverr and I sent it and I like looked for women with like sultry voices and I sent it to somebody and then she immediately understood it. Yeah. Sent it back in like an hour. And I was like, I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. And yeah. Steph couldn't breathe. And we put it together and then we and then I did the video and I was at a coffee shop and my job at the coffee shop was just looking at like early 90s and 80s sex hotline ads on YouTube. Yeah. And that's yeah. all I did. I was just yeah. like looking for the best clips and anything that made me laugh I just like threw it together. Yeah. Do not not a good idea. Like <laughs> that was not a good idea. I got comments that said it was sexist wow. which I'm like I'm like first of all you're you're misinterpreting sexy yeah, the- and sexist. Yeah. You know, there was it's not sex. A woman recorded it. Yeah. She got paid money to record this. Oh, yeah. I guess maybe that is sexist. <laughs> um, but we didn't think I mean it was written by a woman. So like I don't I didn't feel like I didn't feel that that was trying to do that. But then like two bros are on a podcast talking and it's like, yeah. But that's that's the thing with weird stuff though, is that it's polarizing. Yeah. And so sometimes you'll do things like the, I reassured in the beginning got so much negative criticism. Like mm. I remember a post on dig.com. You remember dig before oh, Reddit? I do. Yeah. Kevin like, Rose. Yeah. It got lit up in the comments. Like people said all these uh, just terrible things about it. And I just remember thinking like, huh, like 
am I a bad person? Like, you right. know, like you go down all those roads and then you just have to realize like, oh, this, this is going to ruffle some feathers and weird things are going to ruffle feathers. Now, if you toe the line a little bit on like sexism stuff or that stuff, like it's a hot button right now. Right. So it's I mean, like, yeah, y- you have to just be careful and you have to understand. And you know, what's funny is you, you doing that and getting that, re- that result or the, like the response from it, negatively affects you right yeah like, you don't me. want to do it right killed me but it's funny there are there are literal advertising agencies right now that just are trying to shock and awe and yeah. they want as much negative response as possible because it right. is what drives and that's the difference right like you actually care and so you just have to i think you have to do stuff like that so that you can go oh okay i can't tread the line on topical things because the negative feedback it's too it much for me. Like it derails yeah. me. And I've been there, man. Like I've made content like that. I've made videos like that. Uh, and it, it really does negatively affect me. And so now I just know like, okay, I, I don't partake in any of those things. I just, I mean, I did a, I did a, I remember doing a photo shoot for some university where I hired a model and I was dressed up as a, uh, like a pool boy. And I had the model like wearing this white flowy dress, like wrapped around my leg. And I took a, fo- I took a photo and I was holding like a, a skimmer pole and I got like women who were like, this is incredibly sexist. I'm like, yeah, this is the Star Wars cover. I just I just did the Star Wars cover. Yeah, that's all I did. I did the Star Wars poster. The, tell Mark Hamill that it's sexist. <laughs> but they, not that's me. the thing. Those people do, though. That's the thing. I know. And I don't. Yeah, yeah it was just I was so bummed because I was like, I'm not. Fuck, I'm not pe- trying. That wasn't my intention, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I but I just my whole thing about this is like the sustainability of it of it. Like, I always go, like, it takes me 30 days to do a rap album. Dude, I was crushed after that. Like, I had, it was so much fun. And then yeah. I'm like, go, I know a lot of, I've, I remember um, Caleb had said to, was saying something about, like, how he, he launched a course and he spent so much time launching a course and it did really well. But then it was just like, oh, yeah. Like, you're for just sure. like, you're just crushed. And yeah. so, how do you manage that roller coaster of, weird i guess like of the idea of like doing something crazy and interesting and then coming off of that it's like even with the the two ads that i did i'm like that felt so good and i was ready to ride that train all the way to the station and then i was like i just got it just it fell flat and i got crushed and i'm like nope i gotta go back to selling because whatever same thing happened with the sales page too like yeah i I think you just have to understand your own rhythm in life mm -hmm. as this stuff goes like if you know it's gonna take you up and then drop you down like for us Every time we did a big launch of buy my future or buy our future, we always planned a vacation right after. Right after. Because we knew we were going to just be dead. And it sounds so weird because it's like, you're just answering emails. Yeah, but it's, you're literally amped up all day. Like all I can think about is checking the emails, checking the things. Like we've all been there. We all know those feelings and you have to give yourself a break afterwards. And I think that's part of it for me is whenever we do any of this stuff, any of these weird things, now it's intentional planning around it to have white space somewhere. So to have either a vacation or just to know, like let everybody know like, hey, we're gonna take social media detox for like a week. We're not gonna check email. We're not gonna check Slack. Like we're just gonna take a break and we're not going anywhere, but we just have to disconnect. And I think that when you know your own results of these things, it just becomes easier to go, okay, so the next rap album that you do you have a break afterwards. Like you're not yeah. going to do something weird for a month. You're going to take a complete break for like two weeks. You're not going to check your email. You're not going to read the comments. Like you're just going to avoid all of those things mm-hmm. so that you can like mentally recharge 
And I think that different people respond to these things differently. And I think you and I have been doing it now for years, but someone starting may be like, well, now I'm afraid to do a weird thing. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna get negative backlash. I'm oh, yeah. gonna get these things. But it's also like, if you're not succeeding right now, then you have to do something weird. Like you, you are not going to succeed just by doing the same thing that has always been done. You have to do things different. You got to shake things up. And yeah, I, and I'll attest that like, uh, the earliest, the earliest thing that I did on the internet, that was weird. That, it, that helped me tremendously. That wasn't, there was no negative feedback. Um, was I was doing swim university. I was building up my, you know, my base business. And then I decided to do that rap song, this pool yeah. care rap song. Like, because I was just tired of doing the same old monotonous, like writing articles, whatever. And I'm like, I'm just going to do this thing. I gave myself a very limited time window. I put it out there and it blew up. It got me a ton of backlinks. It got me a ton of not- notoriety in the business, continues to get views. I'm just like, and again, that's another proud moment. I'm like, that changed the course of Swim University. And if it you, really it's, I don't remember who originally talked about it, but it's like, when you look at the graph of your growth, either as a person or as a business owner or whatever, and you look at it closely, it's peaks and valleys, right? It's ups and downs, it's ups and downs. And they look almost equal. But then when you (laughs) zoom it out and you go, oh, it's, it's up. Like it's, it's all going up. up. Yeah. It's all up. But because you're so close in, all you see are the peaks and valleys and they look the same. But when you zoom out, you go, okay, uh, started a swim university, made no money. Now it makes X amount of money per year. And whether I do a rap album or I do the pool care video or I do the Asana for bloggers or do whatever, like all of the things that I'm doing are going up. Yeah, collectively it all goes up. And and it's it's hard. It is not an easy thing as a human to like sit back and go, you know what? Everything is going up. Because when yeah. you feel shitty or when you feel like right. something doesn't land or it doesn't work, it's hard to see that. But mm. if you can check in with yourself and if you can go, okay, that didn't work. That was the thing I wanted to do. Or just like, great, I finally got to check that box. I finally got to make my rap album. And yeah. now I can move on because it's not eating away at my brain. And I think that's the thing for a lot of people who have not done weird things yet. They have some idea or they have something they've wanted to do, but they haven't actually ever done it to get to a point to know what it feels like and then be able to move forward. Uh, what's the next one for you? The next weird idea? Yeah. So we're can, trying And can to... you share it? Because then you're, you're into the secrecy. Yeah, well, I'm really bad at keeping secrets is the problem. So it's like okay. once I start talking about it, then it's just like, well, here's all the things. Yeah. Um, we wanted to do, so we're going to shake up Wandering Aimfully, which I talked to you about a little bit more just to like hear how you thought about it because we haven't talked about it much more than just us together. Right. So we're going to shake that up a bit. Um, for our existing members, it's going to be just as awesome for them. But for new people, it's going to look a little bit different, mm-hmm. which is good because we just have had a hard time doing that. Um, I think, so one of the things that that I... I can talk about Carolina just started talking about this, but Warning Aimfully is super nebulous right now. Like it's really hard to know what is it. And we've mm-hmm. known that. Like when we started, we were like, we don't know exactly what this is. And a lot of people don't when they start things. So you have to let it evolve if it's not super niche and it doesn't solve a super specific problem. Yeah. So we've been doing this for a year and now we kind of have an idea of let's go this direction. So I think what we're going to really do is lean heavily into experimentation and really try and own like, we're the creative couple that experiments and we want to take you along on that journey, which we're already doing, but Mm -hmm. it's not branded that way. It doesn't come off that way. And you also don't feel maybe as a viewer like, oh, I'm going to learn at every moment from what these weird zooks are doing. You know, I'm not. And I think that when we start to present that as like the main thing, 
then people will know us and go, oh, you know what? I want to be a little bit more experimental in my business or in my life. Like, where can I go to find that? Oh, Wandering Aimfully. They always talk about experimenting with food, experimenting with business models, experimenting with working out, experimenting with creating videos and doing things. Like, it's all of that. So kind right. of owning that. And, you know, for me, that's not necessarily a super weird thing. But I think how we promote that, we'll start to do some weird stuff. So that's what we've talked about is like, we've tried to do the membership thing for now almost a year, yeah. following all of the rules, following all <laughs> right. of the ways that everyone else has done it. And it has worked to a degree. We make $10,000 a month, which we cannot mm -hmm. you know, cry about and be upset about. But I also don't feel super personally fulfilled because I'm not doing weird things. So shifting the business model, shifting the direction, and then thinking about, okay, what are the weird like your email signup page that you did, uh, mm -hmm. like a rap album. Like what are those things that we can start to do that will attract people to us and be those things that are just different from everybody else? Some are going to fail. Some are going to not work. Some yep. are going to be the monster truck reads of the world. But others are going to be the pool care rap videos. And others yeah. are going to be the uh, buy my last name things. And, and so I know that that's going to happen. So that's just kind of what I'm really focusing on. And then really just streamlining. So like, trying to have less stuff to think about all the time. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the equal odds rule, right? It's like, you're going to just, you throw enough shit against the wall, something's bound to stick or here yeah. and there. And yeah. then like, and that's my, my whole thing with that is the, the, the mantra that I've been telling myself for the last couple months is like pump out the jams. Yeah. That's what you have to do. It's like, if you're a content creator, you, you, you pump out the jams and you need to do it sustainably. And sustainably means, uh, you don't have to do everything. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Uh, as much as you can, you want to control that. I know like you are, you would consider, do you call yourself a perfectionist? I don't. I think I've gotten over it. I think I definitely yeah. was a couple years ago, but I think when you've put out enough stuff, so like thousands of YouTube videos, yes. hundreds of articles, you know, like all, like I'm kind of beyond worrying about perfection at this point because I know that perfection has not served me in the past as much as right. I've oh, this needs to be the perfectly edited video. The perfectly edited video gets like 200 views. <laughs> it also doesn't exist. Right? Yeah, totally, yeah. But even in your own mind, if you feel like you did do it perfectly and yeah. then it doesn't actually <laughs> right. do whatever you want, you know, it's like we've both yeah. written those articles or created those videos and they've almost fallen flat. Yep. And it just, when you do that enough times, I think you then can fight perfectionism easier. And for me, that's, the, I don't really think about it that much anymore. I just think about, exactly what you just said. Like, I'm going to do the best thing that I can do that takes, you know, effort, but it's not going to kill me and it's not going to derail me from doing the next thing. Right. Your book is coming out August 5th. Pre-orders will be August 5th, but this will go out around the book launch, which is September 10th. Yes. Yeah. We have, we have made that. Yep. We, <laughs> we know that. That is true. It's fine. Uh, uh, no, we do. Yeah. We do. We, it's all yeah, it's in yeah. the calendar. Yeah, we yeah. have our we have our shit together. We have organi organization here at the Money Lab. I bet podcast. there's an I bet there's an Asana for this. Oh, podcast. there is. Oh, oh there yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we so are yeah, the, the book will come out, and I'm I'm not killing myself to like over market it, over promote it. I've watched friends do that with books. Uh, I don't give two shits about it becoming a bestseller. I know my mm -hmm. publisher probably doesn't want to hear that, but like, <laughs> no, right. I just don't want to play those games. Like, that's not for me. That doesn't fulfill me. I don't care about awards, labels, any of that stuff. I am just happy to have the book get in people's hands and for them to get value from it. And if they do, and the early readers who've read it have already said like, this is really great. Like it's changing my thinking. I'm rethinking how I'm presenting my business or myself or the way that I'm kind of just like thinking about life and business. 
that to me, that's the win. You know, like yeah. I look forward to when the book is out, people are buying it and I get emails from people saying, thank you. This helped me do this one thing better for me. That's all I care about. That's yeah. the, the big win for me. And um, the way you got the deal was weird. Oh, yeah. 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 Which we didn't mention. We didn't mention oh, very quickly. So I wrote the book in 2016 in a weird way. So I wrote it live for anybody to watch. I built a website. I had this like live editor yep. environment. So that was weird in itself. I did it in two weeks and wrote every single day. People could tune in from around the world, which is fine. Yeah, watch, I, you, watch you literally type on a yeah. screen and then comment while you typed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, I didn't have that many haters, which was great. Like, that's just crazy. Like, majority of people were really cool. Yeah. Um, and then so the book kind of existed for about a year and a half. And mm -hmm. I just thought I was going to self-publish it. And then <clears throat> this idea hit me of like, well, what if I kind of just like not poke fun, but just like poke at the box of the publisher industry, like this mm -hmm. the, the traditional thing. So I built a website called dearbookpublisher.com. And I just wrote really honestly, like, hey, I'm a person. I have some following. I've done these things. This is the story I wrote. I filmed like a really short video of me just being honest with the book. And it had a different name at the time. And just said, you know, this site will exist for 30 days. If you're interested, contact me. If not, I'll just self-publish. I'll sell some books. It'll be fine. And ended up getting a couple different, like had a couple different phone calls with publishers and agents. Learned what a book agent was. Had no idea. Yep. And yeah. so ended up signing with an awesome book agent. Uh, shout out to Leela, my book agent. So she actually then put my site, the book, Dear Book Publisher site together as a proposal because traditional publishers are not like super no. savvy. So right. they live in a different world, which is fine. And so she presented that and then a couple people were interested and then running press was like, oh, we like this. This is, you know, this is up our alley. Philly. Uh, so we're, yeah. So worked with an editor, got a book deal. So like, a, you know, they paid me in advance. Mm -hmm. It gets paid out over the course of a year. So while the advance sounds awesome, you know, it takes a year to get all that money. So you're like, sure. okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited because I don't even know how the book is going to do with a traditional publisher behind it. And right. That engine. I only know what I did with the self-published book. Uh, which was fun and which was interesting. So yeah, we'll see how this goes. It's a little bit out of my control, which is a little bit away from my core value of control, but it's also and an experiment. Which yeah, but you're all, up. yeah, sure. And it, but you do have to market it. Like that's what they, you know, that's not their job, right? For sure. And and I'm doing, I think I'm doing 14 podcast interviews, much like this, but mm -hmm. I chose all of the people that I'm interviewing with. Yeah. Um, I know they're going to set up some things, but I've been very intentional of saying, I don't want to go on, like a bunch of different like talk shows or things like that. Like I just am not interested in it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go do talks. Like I don't do public speaking anymore. Cause I just, yep. and that it's not that time in my life anymore. And I'm going to, I have a weird website that's going up. Like it doesn't look like any other books website, which no one's going to be surprised about. Sure. Uh, I've got some weird bulk book buys during the pre-order process that are weird. And otherwise I'm just going to let the book do what it does. I'm going to promote it on Instagram and Twitter and email and do that stuff. But I'm not going to kill myself either. You know, like the book has been three years in the work. So like, I feel like I've devoted enough time and energy to it. And now kind of whatever happens will happen. Cool. And yeah. September, what is it again? September what? September 10th. September so it'll 10th. be up on all the book retailers. I'm supposed to say every book retailer will have it. Uh, but you know, if you buy it on Amazon, that's fine too. Yeah. And it's a physical <laughs> yeah. hard, co yeah. hard cover to start or soft cover all the way through. It's going to be hardcover. Yeah. So I didn't, I actually cool. didn't know they were doing kind of like this hardcover thing. I thought it was going to be paperback, like a normal yeah. paperback book, but they wanted to do kind of a classier uh, setup. So Smart. I read everything on Kindle. So like, if you want to buy the Kindle version, sure. it'll look good on that. But yeah, the hardcover is really cool. Like it's a, 
it's a fun little setup. I love the the way that the title came out. Own your weird. Um, did you come you know, up with that, or did they, did they? No, they did. Yeah. Wow. So it was originally titled "Do It Differently," which yep. was a title Caroline came up with, and I really loved. Um, and then we just like got through most of the book. I think actually the whole manuscript. And I had a call with the editor, and she was like. We're kicking around this new title, and she told me "Own Your Weird." And at first, I was like, "No, I don't want to change the title." Yeah. And then I thought about it, and I was like, "I actually really dig the title. Like, yeah, it feels a little bit more ownership. Like, it feels like I want to own my weird. Like, you know, like as a person reading it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm happy with it's the a little, way it's, it's a it's a better title for sales, like a book. Yeah, I think right. Yeah, yeah, and it you know it's a it's a fun cover. Like it's you know it's a little bit kind of unique. Uh, the little pig we named the pig Portia. Uh, with her balloons floating around on the cover, so yeah, just kind of fun little little weird isms and things. And uh, how do you get that? How do you how does somebody buy it besides like the other? What do you have the website up or is it going to be? Yeah, so it's it's available on all the different things. So like as I scroll through these buttons, it's available on Amazon. It's available Target, Walmart, Powell's, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, IndieBound, all those different places you can find it. Audiobook as well. I recorded. So spent where did you go to do that? Booth. They found a studio local to me, oh, like nice. a really like awesome recording studio, like worked with a sound engineer and a director for three days, like yep. completely ruined my voice for three days. Um, but that was fun. It was a fun process. So hopefully people like it. Uh, the director said nice things all the time, but I think that's her job. So I don't know. <laughs> I'll let people oh. tell me if it's good. Yeah. Um, and then where else can people find you just online? I know we talked about a lot of those things, but where do you want people yeah. to go? WanderingAimfully.com is the main place. You'll be able to find the book there too. It'll be really easy to find, hopefully. If not, I'm not doing a good job. Okay. Uh, but yeah, WanderingAimfully.com. And then I'm at Jason Does Stuff on the social media sites where I'm on social media. Cool. Yeah, um, man, thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining me on this episode. Appreciate the chat. Way yeah. to be a good elephant. Thank you. And now I need peanut butter going all the way back to the beginning. I'm right. hungry for a peanut butter sandwich. So uh, I also want to thank Emmett for sending in my new middle name. Ooh. Oh, I, I forgot. Psych, I didn't forget. <laughs> Gelato. Gelato I don't from know, the beginning. I don't know why, Emmett. Why why gelato? Is it because like my last it. name is Givanese and it just sounds Italian? Yeah. I like it. I think Do it you like gelato? Here. It's better than my my middle last name is Neil. I hate my middle last name. It's boring. Mine's Steven with a PH. Oh, see, yeah. Gelato's <laughs> such a good middle name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think I'm going to start calling you Gelato from now. That's a good nickname. I'm changing you in my phone to Gelato. So there is a um, there's a Gelato shop two yeah. blocks away from our house. And they're, they're, they used to be called like some Italian name with an, started with an F like Palacio or something like that. Oh, I don't wow, think wow, 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 wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they rebrand it. And they're now called Gelato Boy. Oh. Which is actually a great name. But it's yeah. like, don't call me that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Am I gonna be gelato yeah. boy? I don't even eat gelato. Yeah. Well, I right. start. I guess. Yeah. Good job, Emmett. In- All right. Thanks. Uh, All head right. over to moneylab.co to read more about our business experiments and challenges and email me at Matt at moneylab.co with topics you'd like us to discuss on future episodes of this show. And feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion. If you like this show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And when you do, please leave a review. That's it. Bye-bye. Please tell your friends about this show.